Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back and happy to be with you here on the Ticket Water Cooler. A bit of a late start. We got a little bit of a takeover from the Captain Show. That's all right, because they're live out in Grand Island for the State Fair, and we now have Rico out there at the State Fair uh, for the Ticket Water Cooler. How are things going? Are you pretty full by now? It's going pretty fantastically. You know, I've had a bunch of uh, Beatrice Bakery deliciousness. We had somebody stop by and give us some soup samples, which was fantastic. Um, we've had, you know, a lot of traffic coming through here, you know, trying to get people to stop and sample some Beatrice Bakery and, and some of the competitors' fruitcakes. And, you know, I'm hanging out here. We're stopping people, talking to people, letting them know about 93.7 The Ticket, you know, trying to trying to grow the brand. Expand, out here yeah. in central, yeah. central Nebraska. This is not western Nebraska. This is central Nebraska. Anything west all, of Lincoln is western no, Nebraska No, 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 it's me. not western Nebraska. I don't care what anybody, <laughs> all you, I mean, I grew up in Omaha, but all you Omaha folks, this is central Nebraska. This ain't western Nebraska. Not yet. Not yet. After Not you pass yet. North Platte, then it's Western Nebraska. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we've uh, we've got our normal guests lined up, too, for today uh, to get ready for game day. Again, happy game day eve to everybody, and happy game day eve to Brian Munson of On3 Sports. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, and I'm kind of relating to Rico sitting out there at the State Fair. I'm a central Nebraska-born guy from Columbus, and I've obviously went to school out in Kearney, so been through Grand I was at in the National Guard Armory uh, company out there in Grand Island actually and and uh, married a girl out there from Western Nebraska and North Platte. So that's all uh-huh. across my territory right there is what you guys are look talking. at you. Look at you. I went to I went to college in Kearney, so that's my that's my central Nebraska and my my when, wife is so from... I, I will I will definitely age myself here a little bit, but when did you graduate from the old Loper UNK university out there? Uh twenty sixteen or seventeen. I don't remember when oh, I exactly graduated. Give me a break. I'm a ninety nine <laughs> grad, so oh, okay. quite a, quite a bit quite a bit older, but yeah, even pre two thousand stuff. So we were singing Prince thinking about Think about life, you know, and partying in 1999. So that's, that's right. What we were doing. What a, that's a good. That's a great time to be in in college. I tell my friend that he's a little bit older than me too. It's like if if you were like in high school or college in 1999 around that area, that's that's peak time. I think <laughs> that's peak oh, school well, time. And, and we graduated high school like 93, right? And it took me five and a half to get out. And actually, it took me a little bit longer because I couldn't grab as many hours with my internship to get out and graduate. But Having Nebraska, you know, on top of the world in the early '90s, uh, yes. and even the the Lopers were were pretty fantastic as well with Justin Coleman as a quarterback. Uh, it was it was certainly a, a peak uh, in a lot of different ways for for college football in the state. Brian, do you want me to make you feel a little bit older? I don't think it's possible. I'm sitting here looking in the mirror, ch- checking out all my gray hair. But go ahead and try. <laughs> I was born in 1993. Oh. All right, you just succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that makes me feel, and I'm not even that much older, so uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Brian, I, I thought uh, I thought this was interesting too. Um, uh, right up your alley for recruiting the other day, Cameron Linhart uh, committing mm-hmm. to Nebraska. To me, it seems like you're kind of uh, bearing your your name in there. Now, maybe it gets you more excited for the for getting uh, Husker Game Day going. But to me, uh, he he's not really getting a day for himself, at least for what he. Does deserves because he's one of the top recruits in this com- in this committing class, right? Yeah, and, and we've been kind of considering to kind of almost be that 
uh, you know, de facto member of the class since the middle of July when things kind of went south with Ashley Williams and everybody kind of realized that there was something else brewing there. And that was a Nebraska had another guy in mind and it might have already been in the class and kind of just waiting it out. And I, I actually got Cameron to, to give me quotes, you know, about his commitment some time ago. And I asked when he was going to kind of just, you know, let it all out. And he just said, pressure's off, man. I committed. I don't need that big old, you know, look at me moment. And he, and I think it just says so much about him, the old school vibe, the, the being a tremendous leader, the, the, the having the understanding that, you know, there's something bigger than him out there because he was already back in Bradenton. He was focused on the team. He wants to, he wants to go out there and be in that national championship hunt when, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to the high school. So, I think it says great things about him, and he is a heck of a player. He's actually playing defensive tackle um, because they've got a little bit of a hole there right now, so they've had to move him inside. He's very versatile. He actually played really well out there on an island, too. Last year in space, he would play bump-and-run coverage, let the guy get off the line of scrimmage, go find a, like a hole in the in the zone, and, and looked really good in space. So he's, he's the kind of guy that you see more as like a Caleb Tanner well, you look at Maverick Noonan and you see a little bit more Garrett Nelson. So really nice little complementary uh, uh, skill sets between the two edge guys in the class this year. You know, I was I was reading a, a story on Cameron Lenhart and it said that, you know, he, as you said, he's very versatile. He played middle linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive yep. end. Now he's, now he's inside playing defensive tackle for IMG. So I just wanted to ask you, Brian, is, is he going to be an edge rusher when he gets to Nebraska? At least, at least, you know, preliminarily and, and, and initially, yes. Uh, that That's the role that he is fitting in the class. That's the guy that, that Maverick Noonan knows about that, you know, there's been told that there's going to be him plus one other guy based on the needs in the room. Cameron Linhart is, is the edge guy. And I think, though, what's interesting, what you just kind of said really kind of got me thinking about somebody else. There's another guy that's that's in Lincoln currently that, that moved a lot in his time in high school. He started out in the secondary, then he, then he was playing outside linebacker, and then he ended up as a middle linebacker. And now all of a sudden he's found himself potentially in a in a in a space where he could see playing time as a true freshman. That's Ernest Hausman. So when you when you have those really well rounded guys that they get a chance to see a view from position to position to position, they understand responsibilities. They build a skill set. They're, they're able to kind of blend some things, you know, between the physicality needs at one position to the athletic needs of another. I, I think you build a very, a much better, well-rounded player that has an idea about how things are supposed to kind of come together from a macro and, and a bigger, a bigger defensive view as opposed to just this is the position I've always played. I've always been grown, you know, grown to play, and I've never seen anything else. I, I think that there's just some, some value when you when you have more guys like that in the room than not. Kind of sticking on Cameron Lenhart, um, again, something that I read, it said that he, he you know, was, was really in deep with Penn State. He took about four visits to Penn State, but the yep. one visit he took to Nebraska was the only one he needed to realize that, that Nebraska was the place he wanted to be. Did he tell you anything about that? Well, I mean, it kind of says a lot about, you know, how he only took the one official visit, and that was to Nebraska. And, and I, if, I'm, if I'm reading the tea leaves properly, I, I do believe at least that he might have, you know, a girlfriend at Penn State. So I think that the way that he has gone about this, it's been about what's been right for him. And I think the relationships that he has built with Coach Dawson, with Coach Shenander, that has been huge. But then I think when you when he started to see the role of, of what he could be in the defense and saw really that, that shiny example of Caleb Tanner, I think it just kind of became one of those things where it was kind of hard to deny. And, 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 and to your point, I think he was at Penn State 
maybe three or four times if I'm if I'm kind of remembering right. And he just made that one trip to Nebraska, and everything just felt right for him. It felt like home. Those were the words that he used with me again in the commitment story. Now he's he is listed, and you mentioned kind of maybe a chance for immediate playing time. He's listed at two forty. Uh, does he need to do any you know work in the weight room, or does he look like an immediate impact type of guy? He could be uh, a little bit more immediate impact. I'm bringing into bringing into the equation. I think he's a little bit heavier than that now. He's in great shape. Okay. By the way, go out to his Twitter feed and see him kind of moving around. He might be a little heavier than 240 now that, particularly since he's having to put his hand down on the ground and play the three technique spot. But I, I think also when you start to bring in the fact that he's he's the captain of the IMG uh, uh, team, uh, being the senior this year on the defensive side of the football. There are just some some qualities there that I think between his versatility, his athleticism, his physical makeup, and his leadership component that really could be really compelling here in the near future once he can get to Nebraska uh, and, and kind of get in there and understand everything. And it's interesting. I think, you know, as we talk and we move into the game day scenario tomorrow, still interested yep. in those early impact type of guys. Tell me who has a bigger year this year, Ernest Hausman or A.J. Allen? Oh, gosh, you're really twisting my arm on this one because I love both those guys. I think that they have tremendous potential. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to go out there and say I think Hausman because I think he's sliding into that second group. He could find his way into being the third guy in the rotation potentially at the end of the day. I think that he's he's going to grow. I think there's going to be some rough spots for him, but I think that everything he does, he soaks up in a way that, that if he's out there, he's growing and he's learning. And, and I, I don't think you're going to find a guy that's going to ever going to make the second mistake twice. And I think A.J. is a completely, totally capable running back. I'm interested to see how Nebraska is going to bring him along because of the, the stable of running backs and the guys they have in front of him. Um, I just think that it's going to be, you know, there, five guys could potentially see the rock, you know, tomorrow from the running back position all the way down to A.J. And I just think that, you know, they're going to try to find a role from all those guys, from Grant to Johnson and so on where you're trying to find that the way that the, the flow needs to go and keeping the legs fresh and, and kind of finding a way to keep everybody satisfied with the committee a, uh, aspect of it. But I, I think Halsman at the end of the day is going to be needed to spell uh, the, the starting guys at, at Mike Linebacker, and I think that that's probably what gives him a little bit of an edge. Is there anybody else uh, from that, that true freshman group that you think is, is going to be seeing some good playing time by the end of the year? Hmm. I, you know – I know that people were pretty amazed with what they saw with the Janoran Bonner uh, catch, and, yeah. and, and I, I think that he's got a really got really great upside. I think people need to remember that was against the reserve units, um, but I, I think if you're looking, you know, Dakeldus Crawford was in a position potentially to kind of see some time, and now that he's hurt a little bit, um, I, I'm struggling to kind of figure anything out. I know that they're very, very excited about a lot of guys like Emmett Johnson and Richard Torres has, has really impressed some people as well. Um, but I, I think I, I think I would really rest with, you know, well, obviously Grant's going to play a role, but that was a Juco guy. I think it's going to be Allen uh, and it's going to be Hausman. And if you're going to find another guy that could potentially do it, it would be Bonner. But that, that room, that wide receiver room, was also so very talented and deep. Uh, a question off the text line as we and I don't know how much you're able to look at the, the conference altogether. What what would you how would you describe Northwestern's recruiting uh, profile? Are they, are they a team that generally struggles to um, compete with the rest of the Big Ten, or have they been able to do better as Pat Fitzgerald has built that program? 
Well, I tell you what, I mean, the Big Ten, I mean, Northwestern, excuse me, they've they're, they're active all over the country. They're, they are down in Texas regularly. They've got they go they go down to Houston. They go into Dallas regularly. Um, you know they're they're not sitting there with a with a terrible class right now. They've they've got uh, they've got twenty commitments. Uh, they're sitting they're sitting right there in the in the middle of the class. They've got a four star uh, Ashton Porter defensive lineman down from Cypress, Texas, which is down around Houston. Um, and, and they do a great job, kind of doing the footprint and then and then kind of cherry picking from around the rest of the country which is very much like what Nebraska you know tries to do and go out there and try to be successful they have a very similar kind of thing they kind of work out they have a lot of guys that are still committed from from the uh, Chicago and Illinois area and then they kind of work out to the footprint but then they, they are very very true to their their kind of roots they, they play you know they've got multiple guys from Texas all I think from the Houston area. And then they got guys actually out from Arizona and in California as well. So it's it, it's very Nebraska esque. I just think that you know because of that uh, educational need and the requirements that are kind of there, it's they're looking for a, a guy that that needs to be you know better in the classroom in a little in a few different cases just to make sure that obviously they're going to get they're going to get past boards and get and get into the approval get through the approval process. We're speaking to Brian Munson of On Three Sports and Brian, how. In talking to recruits, how important is this this Ireland game to recruits? Like how how closely are recruits looking at this? Not not only for a Nebraska win, of course, but just to see you know Nebraska on foreign soil and how how well if you saw pictures of the uh, of the uh, uh, pep rally today, how well the fans travel even even you know across the pond. Mm. I think that there are some general curiosities, and it's one of those things. I'm not sure ton of brass is going to be able to work around it but you know with all the guys coming in for official visits in june now you you've got to try to find a way to get back uh get those players back on their own dime after they've gone ahead and gone through the official visit process probably committed but you got guys now that are sitting there in florida and georgia and louisiana that have got to try to get back on their own dime now it makes it makes it tough with a guy like like bubba watson He's stuck now basically watching all the games on the television set because he can't find a flight like out of Logan or anywhere else that puts him back in Lincoln anytime, you know, before the start of a football game because of his, his, his needs for football, high school football and whatever. So these are very interesting moments and it's great observation to understand how well Nebraska, tra- you know, travels to, to basically to Ireland or around the conference and understanding the passion of the fans. But I think the bigger parts here that Nebraska fans and, and the recruits should be interested in is obviously how Nebraska is going to go out there. What are they going to do on offense and how are they going to go about replacing these guys, you know, on the defensive side of the football, the super seniors that are no longer there. Um, I think that there's a lot of compelling storylines that, that most of the recruits are very, very interested in. And, and they're obviously friends with a lot of guys on the team already where they know that those guys are being they're being pushed into roles very early on in their careers too. They go out there and they want to support those guys as brothers and as teammates already. So I think there's a lot of compelling reasons for recruits to want to tune in on Saturday and see the Huskers do well. And, of course, uh, high school football has started. We had high school football on last night. We're going to have some high school football on tonight. And, uh, and, and of course, Malachi Coleman had his debut. Not, not, a bit, not a big game, just 25 yards on two catches last night for Malachi Coleman. Is he, is he somewhat of a made man at this point, or do you think his profile can kind of maybe fall down a bit if no, you know, the, the Lincoln East no longer has Noah Walters, maybe going through some, uh, uh, you know, a trial period here with their different quarterbacks. Is, is it going to affect Malachi at all? No, I think he's 
I think the value is pretty well understood with him. Um, I, don't, I don't think any – I think that the understanding there, obviously, is that breaking in a new quarterback, things will get, things will get online for him. He's going to have games like last night. He's going to have games also where he looks like Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, and he's going to light it up like a pinball machine. So it's, it, there's going to be some good nights and bad nights. That's the way that high school football goes. But there aren't going to be teams that are going to back off of him because, you know, he had a couple more of those 25-yard nights and two catches versus the nights where he goes up and has seven catches for 210 yards and four touchdowns. It's, it's, he's going to have both. And it, it is, it's really just going to come down to how the game plan goes out there and how they execute on that night. So Malachi is a known commodity. It's a, and it's not just backyard, you know, regional He's a nationally known commodity, and, and nothing is going to change basically that, whether it's statistics or, or how, they, how he fares this season or how Lincoln East even does. He, when he makes his decision, all those offers will be on the table and all those choices will be available to him. Do you feel still do you still feel like I mean a lot of a lot of people at least seem to feel like he's a heavy Nebraska lean just because when he you know ever tweets anything out he's usually got some sort of Husker gear on um, but you know I, like you said he's a national commodity everybody's interested former uh, national champions to, to Oregon and, and you know everybody in between um, do you still feel like he's a Nebraska lean? I do. Um, I, I think that there's I think that there he feels like obviously feels at home. I think he loves Mickey Joseph. I think that it's been it's been a significant thing for Nebraska to bring in Mickey Joseph. I don't think that anybody wants to should underscore or underplay or uh, not, not, not think that Mickey Joseph has played a role here because I don't, I don't think, I don't think necessarily that Nebraska was as, as in good a standing prior to Mickey coming to Lincoln as what they are now. I think things were way more, way more fluid in Nebraska trying to find the right angle to kind of get in with Malachi than, than right now with Mickey Joseph. Mickey Joseph has meant a lot to that scenario. And I, and I think that that's, I think that that's been a great move by Nebraska as a whole for what he's been able to do both in Omaha and in Lincoln. He is Brian Munson of On3 Sports. And uh, before we let you go, we're going to try to do this every Friday to get you ready. We'll get the you know list of visitors for the home games and all that. Uh, so excellent mm-hmm. guest, Brian Munson, here on a Friday. Uh, but we're going to have to ask you this every every week, too. What are your kind of keys to the victory and how you see it playing out? I think Nebraska has to establish what their identity, their offensive identity is going to be tomorrow. And I think that they're going to try to establish the run. I think that there's going to be some things out there. They've got, they've got plenty of legs in the stable that they're going to go out there and try to get behind that offensive line, hopefully get some push. Uh, if that's the case, I don't think it's going to be as high as scoring a game, but then again, Nebraska could get some, could get some late touchdowns and, and make some stops and maybe even get some turnovers. But I see Nebraska, you know, winning and covering. I think the line is down to like 11 right now, but I think Nebraska wins pretty handedly. I, I want to say like 41 to 21 or 41, 24. Um, and, and I think that obviously that you've got to have guys like Casey Thompson go out and manage the game, not turn over the football and special teams can't go out and lose it for you. So I, I think that there's some, some things about Nebraska trying to get out of some really bad habits that they had last year, trying to get out of their own way, and then trying to go out there and establish an offensive identity. If they can do that, they should win tomorrow. All right, very cool stuff from Brian Munson. Once again, thank you for joining us today. You bet, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, there we go. We will because Husker football starts. Uh, there he goes, Brian Munson of On3 Sports. We're all looking forward to game day as it is game day eve, and uh, we will. We'll, we'll continue to look forward to it. We'll uh, give our own predictions uh, as we come back here on the Ticket Water Cooler uh, on 93.7. The Ticket, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, give our, our own keys to the game, our own predictions, and our kind of final thoughts before the season starts off. Maybe we can even change our record predictions. 
No. No, we can't do that. Rico <laughs> says we can't do that. So maybe not that, but maybe I'll still convince him during the break. We'll do that next year on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket.